Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk. This is Charlie Guarino. And today we are doing a departure from our traditional podcasts. In the past, it's always been one-on-one -on -one where we have one person and we uh, have an entire interview about that. But we're doing a, a different format today. If I were to ask anybody, quite literally anybody in our community, who are the mainstays of the original luminaries? Who would they name? Who would come to their mind first? I think it would be one of the three people that I'm speaking with today, one of the one of the triad or the trinity or the the triumvirate or the trio or the uh, maybe even the triple crown or the trifecta or the troika. How's that? All these great, great. I can't think of any more words that have three in it. But anybody, anybody who's anybody in this community will know these these three names. And I am so pleased and happy today to have with me today joining me none other than Susan Gantner, John Paris and Paul Tui. It is a real honor to have you here today. And thank you so much for all three of you joining me here today. I'm, I'm so happy that you're here and made some time for this discussion today. Well, My pleasure, Charlie. Charlie. Thank you very much. So um, the reason why we're talking today is because we, we were chatting and I know there's been some, some talk on the, on the, um, in the community and a bit of an announcement of sorts. And I wanted you to share some of your thoughts on what the announcement might be and also your thoughts on it. So I'm gonna just turn the tables on you. I know normally you do a lot of interviewing. I'm gonna turn the tables on you today and you can share your message and we'll, and we'll chat about it. So, so I'm gonna open the floor to anyone and we'll see where it goes from there. Susan's the most polite one of us usually. So shall we let her <laughs> talk? Sure. It may it may be my last chance to get a word in. I think. But, uh, <laughs> well, I have. Don't forget, I have control of the mute, so I can know. <laughs> I, can always, I can always take care of that. Okay. Uh, yes. So uh, the three of us. I mean, we we all have our our individual uh, identities, I suppose. But as as a a group, um, uh, won't go through all the little uh, triads and things that uh, Charlie did. But as as a group, I think. Uh, are, uh, we're best known for System I Developer as a company and more specifically the RPG and DB2 Summit uh, as a developers conference, IBM I Developers Conference. We've been doing that for, I forgot to add up how many years, but it's been a lot, uh, about 2007 was it? Anyway, whatever, it, whatever the time frame was. A while. Yeah, a while. Um, and we have we have loved it. Um, it's it's been a, a great experience for us, and apparently, at least a lot of our alumni tell us that it was also a great experience for them. Uh, and of course, then COVID happened, and uh, so we pivoted. And um, in uh, the same as most most other companies that were in a similar sort of business, um, we started doing the summit online. Uh, virtual. So we did the virtual RPG and DB2 Summit. We did two of those last year. We're doing one of those still coming up uh, this year. Um, and of course, we did a lot of other online education as well. But uh, specifically, as far as the summit conference is concerned, um, that that's where the, the things are changing a bit. Um, and, uh, and so basically, a, a lot of our alumni, and we have very, we have a very loyal group of alums, 
Uh, and a lot of them have been saying, you know, this virtual thing is fine, but we, what we really love about the summit is the in-person thing, you know, and the camaraderie and everything that happens there. So we're going to hold off until that happens. So um, unfortunately, we have made the decision, I guess unfortunate uh, for us to a certain extent, uh, we made the decision that it, we just don't think we're going to be able to do another uh, in-person summit. So uh, sadly, we think that's, that's a good part of our history, but it is history at this point. We don't see doing another in-person conference. And nobody's more unhappy about that than we are, uh, more disappointed about that perhaps than we are because we really did enjoy it. But it's due to the uh, complexity of um, what the pandemic has done and the uncertainty about when, if and when people will ever be able to come back in large numbers, um, the risk just seems too great, particularly considering um, where we all are in our respective careers and ages, as you can see, all of us with some degree of gray in our hair. Um, so, uh, so for that reason, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of the first part of the announcement is that uh, we're not going to have any more in-person summits. As I said, we had pivoted to a virtual summit, a virtual format for the summit conference. And while we think we did a pretty decent job, uh, certainly given the, the limitations of, of time and lack of experience uh, in that arena, for, for all of us, we think we did a, a pretty decent job of virtual conference. It's not something we enjoy that much. Um, you know, it, it, you know, the, for in-depth learning, you know, all-day workshops and or or quick, you know, webinar kind of things maybe. But for for the type of you know event that we do that has come to be known as RPG and DB2 Summit, we just are are not convinced that uh, virtual is something we want to continue. Um, it's not nearly as interesting to us, you know, as the camaraderie and everything we had with the summit or, or to the alums, we think. So we're still going to continue to do some online um, education in various forms. We're not going away as Systemi developer, but uh, the upcoming virtual summit that's happening in October is uh, planned, that's planning to be our last uh, the RPG and DB2 summit. So that's the second part of the announcement. Well, you know, Susan, this really makes me think because you did talk about COVID and how that really has had a, such a profound impact on not only us, but, you know, it's a pandemic, the entire world, literally the entire world. But, and you also mentioned some key words there, like pivot, and that's really has, we've all been forced to pivot. And, you know, Zoom, Zoom has really uh, changed, changed how we deliver content. And Zoom has also really uh, democratized the, how we deliver content. Quite literally, anybody with a Zoom account can now get out there and call themselves you know, a conference or just a speaker, if you will. Um, and I think everybody, I think certainly you, the three of you, have inspired um, so many people, including myself. I, I put that out there as well, to really to, uh, to challenge myself and to be my best and to really deliver you know, timely information to people who really need it, you know, when they needed to hear it. So I, I thank you for that as well. But I, I wanted to, um, let's go back on that for a minute, because you talked about how, how it, um, how the in-person conferences has really, how that important, how important that is to, to all of you. And let's, the future of education, I mean, we're a changed society than we were even just, you know, 15 months ago. We're a changed society, how we not only deliver content, but how we consume 
content. And what are your thoughts on that and the future? Where do we go from here? What's our next, what's our path forward? Where do we go from here? You know, any, anybody can answer. I'm just curious to, I said, Susan, because you- I don't know, have you, have you got a good paddle? Uh, <laughs> have I got a good paddle? <laughs> I'm working on it. So it it's, no, I, I think it, it is change times. Um, and I do think an awful lot more of the future is going to be online. Um, now, I, I think that comes at a cost. Um, I, it, I think we all know that there, there, there are lots of different learning styles that people have. And I, I mean, I know for myself, my, my own personal learning style would be very much an online one. I, I, I will consume an enormous amount of information from a website by myself. And a lot of the time when I would attend a conference, and even, even with John and Susan, when I hear them speaking, sometimes I'm nearly sort of going, oh, come on, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. I know this bit, right? You know, get to the bit that I don't know. So, and, but that, it, that's fine for me. Uh, the, to me, the big thing about, about what's going to be missing at live is all the secondary stuff. It's the two-minute conversation you have over a cup of coffee with someone. It's the aside. Yeah. You know? And that's what you don't get. And, it's, you know, it's really, sometimes people will tell you that it is that, that two-minute aside, that, that that's where the, the golden nuggets really come out yeah. of a conference, for yeah. sure. And, and it's the, that's the, and that is, you know, I mean, I think what all of us have been missing. Uh, for over, over the last year yeah. um, and it, it's uh, but I but I do think that that regardless of that I mean of again it's just always one of these things in life and I mean to me it's never a thing of well what is right and what is the, the right way and the wrong way I think it's going to become a reality that now for a lot of companies they're going to be looking at things like going yeah well, we just for the last year we've been doing all of this stuff online why would I send people away for training? Why would I go to that extra cost of travel and hotels? And eh, they can just do it online. Yeah, but and you I know, think I'm, I'm sorry. I think that's going to become a reality for a lot of companies. But the the um, the counterpoint to that, Paul, is that there's so much pent up, potentially pent up demand for in-person conferences that, yeah, I agree with you that we can do online and we can, you know, and the cost of entry is very low, as you well know, but the, um, the idea to just sit in a room with people and, and you've already said it, you know, those two minute, those two minute asides, that's, that's, you can't dismiss the value of that. And, and I guess maybe the real challenge is how do we convey that to our managers to, to, um, come up with the extra dollars in, in their expenses, expense accounts to allow us to still do, to continue to do in-person, attend in-person events. Yeah, I, I really think the only people who have a hope of ever doing that, Charlie, are the people who can demonstrate how the company got benefit out of, well, when I attended this conference, because of this conversation I had with Charlie or John or, or Susan or Paul, whatever, um, you know, that's why we saved, you know, 200K on that project. And if you don't have that, going on the basis of, well, you never know, I might pick up a nugget in a side conversation with someone. Yeah. Am I going to give you a budget for that? I, I don't know. Well, possibly the argument for that then is, um, you know, if, if, ever the, if ever RPG and SQL uh, have been 
transformative it's been the last several years and yes i can i can take you know the internet is full of information and anybody can just go online and, and just start pulling information but it's because of that wealth of information why in-person is so important because when you go to an in-person event you're you're getting the benefit of somebody who has distilled that information to meaningful content now sure they can do it online but it, it just i have to say the point again it doesn't replace being in person oh yeah no definitely definitely doesn't I don't think any of us would argue with you, Charlie, but, uh, you know, in, in the majority of cases, we're not holding the, the purse strings. Um, you know, over the years, we've seen a lot of very strange situations. I mean, we see managers who recognize the value of training and that it is a cost-effective, you know, it, it comes down on the right side of the balance sheet, should we say. Uh who have literally written to us saying, how do I get my programmers to sign up and come to your events? I've got budget for it, but they won't go. Right. So, you know, it's always been both ways. There are always people who will recognize the value of it. But right now, or up until now, rather, they haven't, as Paul said, they haven't had this example of, you know, well, you know, we've been doing all right without it. And, you know, wait, look at this. We've saved all this money on the budget, no travel, et cetera, et cetera. People working from home, uh, you know, there's all the whole of that aspect to it. I, I don't think it's that we think it will never happen or it will never be valid. It's just a question of whether it it is in, uh, what, for want of a better word, in a meaningful time frame for us. I think live education will continue and will flourish in the future, hmm. but it's going to take a long time for it to recover. You know, this is not to suggest by any means that virtual is bad. I mean, I've, I've in the last year, I'm not alone. Surely we all have attended and presented a virtual kind of event. So right. this, is, this is not to dismiss the, the, um, the quality of that because there is, you know, it's, it's hardly it's hardly a cottage industry. It's been around for quite some time, so that's 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 important to point out too. I'm, I'm not trying to say that's not worth going, and certainly our audiences have expanded as a result. I mean, any yep. any small user group is now international, and, yep. they're, and they're getting yep. attendees. You know, people they would had, would would never have uh, met or heard of. So it's 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 a it's a compelling argument for that as well. It, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one thing that's been really interesting. Uh, for us, as far as the summit, but you know, like you said, Charlie, a lot of local user groups and things. I think it's great that we're seeing some of these groups that, uh, you know, some of which might have been struggling a little bit when they were just dealing with their local audience now being able to open up and offer a lot more uh, to a wider audience and are maybe getting a new lease on life, so to speak, because of the, the virtual aspect of it. So, yeah, it, it definitely has its, its pluses as well. And it goes yeah. even it goes even beyond groups. It, it 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 even has given the world now a whole new set of speakers, people who <laughs> people who never would have even thought of you know throwing their their hat into the ring so to speak. Now they're out there speaking, and no one says they have to speak at a conference. Anybody again with a Zoom account can now go out there and and, and start showing information. And I think I think that that is a uh, an ancillary benefit of uh, COVID, if ever there were one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll speak just for myself here, Charlie, because I. <clears throat> I, I don't want to put this on the on the others, but I think but perhaps 
in, in some respects, for me, I think it, it, there, there is, um, how, do you, how do I say this? There, there is an age perspective here. Uh, I've been teaching face-to-face for a lot of years. Um, I, I, you know, 40 odd years, one way and another now, where that has been part of my working life. And what might surprise a lot of people, I think, is that if you talk to people like us who, who present regularly, I may throw the same set of charts up, but I never deliver it the same way twice. And the reason that you don't do that is you are, con- if you're any good, you are constantly watching the audience, you're watching their reactions, you're looking for the whites of their eyes, if you like, and looking at the, you know, well, what are they understanding? Did that hit home? Did it not hit home? Okay, I'm dealing with a great, even if you don't ask questions, you're still getting the, the reactions. And if you go into it that way, then you know to slow the, the, the pace down, to speed the pace up, that there are charts later on that you know you've got in there that you can skip through quickly if you're having to spend more time up front. You know what I mean? So I, I, I will literally, I can take the same basically 60 minutes worth of material and I can deliver it in 45 minutes or I can deliver it in two hours, depending on how the audience is reacting, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously, when I do it at a conference, you're, you're stuck within the time frame and you adjust. But I think for, for those of us who have been teaching for a while, that's what you miss. Um, that's why for, uh, for me, I, I love being able to offer education via the virtual summit I hate the fact that I haven't a clue as to how the audience is reacting. I, I just, I feel as if I'm trying to teach with my left leg cut off. Is it a fair point to say that uh, you, you know, you're speaking as somebody who has decades of experience presenting live you know, in, in, in mm-hmm. person events? And you know, perhaps the argument falls short when I say that uh, virtual events are still fairly new. Yeah. And, you know, therefore, yeah. you know, therefore we don't have even even though some groups have gotten quite good at delivering via, you know, virtually, but it's still a work in progress. And it's, it's still mm-hmm. it's, it's it's still evolving. Yeah. So per- perhaps we, w- we will reach a point where where that becomes, you know, you know, the the de facto way to deliver the lost content. Well, the, it's interesting, right, because you you get um the, we've, we've had classes, um, private classes, where we have tried to encourage uh, the clients to turn on their video. And we've stopped doing that now because sometimes all that shows you is that they're not paying attention at all. Or they're not even there. Or they're not even there. <laughs> not even, right. right? Sometimes they just walk away from the desk, whereas at, at least in person, I, I mean, I know I've done this before when I've, I've got a particular person in the class and I know from previous discussions, this is a part they should be interested in, you know, and clearly they're not. They're sitting there doing their email or whatever. Then I can take the opportunity to address them and say, you know, Fred, have you come across this situation? That kind of thing. You're constantly monitoring your class. You're constantly changing what you what now you deliver. 
that it just goes by the board that you know that that's just so hard so and maybe the result of all this is going to be that there will be a new generation of teachers who thrive in that environment um i i've been i've been watching for example a few uh, youtube training sessions on different things lately and it's very interesting to me not not ibmi related stuff open source stuff but uh, it's very interesting to me that nobody ever thinks in that world of doing a uh, hour and 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minute session right they're 7 minutes they're 9 minutes they're 4 minutes and you know little bitty bits and pieces and that's a completely different style uh, it would take me longer than i hope i've got left in my career <laughs> to adjust all of my material to to fit that format and I, I you know I get, get that's probably part of it as well I don't know how the others feel but because I've been in that world lately it got me thinking in that direction but you're right it has spawned a whole new generation of uh, and maybe it hasn't spawned maybe they were there the whole time and maybe just you know you, John you could easily break down any one of your sessions into small bites and and share them with the world. And that's really what's happening. You know, the people are sharing just bullet points, you know, one tip here, one tip there, not an yeah. entire session. But, 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 but I think, you know, that, that, that then just becomes the passing on of information. It, it is not, it, it's not giving context. Right. So, so for example, if we're talking about something, like if we're talking, if I'm doing a session, I don't know, on embedded SQL or something, uh, you, you know, yes, I'm going through the, you know, here's the mechanics of it. But I'll also be going through here's the why and here's how the bits fit together. And, you know, remember when we did that? Yeah. Well, now do you see the relevance of why I said you don't do X? Because this is where you would shoot yourself in the foot. And it's connecting all of those little blocks. And that's what you don't get with the five minute snippets. Well, all you get is somebody sort of going like, you know, it, it's sort of somebody introducing you to Lego. And they hold up and say, no, here's a bit with eight and eight little bumps on it. Here's a bit with four and here's a bit with two. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, well, you, you said you said you're not going away. So, you know, give us a little insight to that. I mean, you're not going away. So therefore, there's something might be something, some incarnation after you know, like, like that's beyond this. What, what, what do you see yourselves doing after the last summit? In, I don't know, but it, it involves a lot of alcohol. Sure. It involves a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> will it? Will it be the second sitting for the last summit? <laughs> right, exactly. But, but I mean, workshops. You know, I mean, individual training. I mean, where, where where does this all fit together? Well, we have been doing workshops for. Well, we we did workshops in with our in person events, and and that is one thing that was it, at least had some aspects of it that were easier for us to adapt to virtually because before we had workshops that happened all in one day at the same time uh, in person right before the event started. Uh, so that give us severe limitations, right? How many rooms do we have? How many speakers do we have on site? And um, you know, that kind of thing. So um, with virtual, we, it suddenly occurred to us, we're not limited to that anymore, right? So, so we, we, we now have been decided to do like workshop series. So we did a whole workshop series earlier this year, uh, full day hands-on um, workshops. 
similar to what we would have done in person, but you can sign up for all of them if you want to. You're not limited to just going to one. Um, and so, you know, we've been doing that already. So I, I think, and those, those work pretty well. So I, I think we'll probably continue to do something, you know, workshops of series of workshops like we've done uh, this year. <sighs> Yeah, I, I think it's a thing, Charlie, that I, I, I suppose what the big change is, is that where prior to this, well, pr prior to the, the pandemic, where we were doing two conferences a year, and I, I think it's fair to say that it, it's a thing we felt nearly obligated. I mean, I, I think our, our whole calendar of everything else was arranged around those two conferences. Yeah. Like I would know that, you know, well, coming up to a conference, you don't take client bookings. I don't put myself in the middle of a project because I'm going to be busy on, on yeah. the conference, yeah. et cetera. So, you know, don't take anything the week afterwards because I'm going to be exhausted the week afterwards, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And um, and, and I, I, I think we, we've sort of alluded to it, but but the the three of us, some of us more, some of us more than others, me being the youngest, just to point that out. Um, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> But it, it's you know like like we're we're getting up there and and I so I'd, and I I I I think it really is a fair thing to say that the enjoyment that we got out of the live conferences we don't get that buzz from the virtual one so um, so I I and I think we're you know there are there are other things at this age that are also start starting to interest us in other areas so I think it's it's more it's going to be a thing of when we feel like doing something we will do it as opposed to feeling that we're obligated to do this conference, you know, once or twice a year, or in the spring we have to do X and in the fall we have to do Y. And I, I think it's it might become a thing of, you know, I'm feeling a bit bored. I, I think I'd like to do a workshop. <laughs> so. And it's, it even goes beyond the technical aspect of it. I mean, one, one of the things that I truly enjoy uh, being being so privileged to speak at different conferences around the world quite literally is just the travel in and of itself the travel is so wonderful and that that goes beyond the two minute asides that goes eating you know having eating dinner with friends and restaurants and the, the camaraderie that goes with that you know being able to see different cultures and whatever yeah. whatever and that's the part that i i miss and have been missing this last year i i'm pining for that i i, I suspect that that will come back I think in fits and starts, but it is started, I'm already seeing some beginnings of that, which I'm very happy for. I don't know if it'll ever reach the same capacity it was in the past, but you know, again, time will tell, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about. Um, I, mean, I, I know. I I know anybody who's listening to this podcast is well aware of the impact that the three of you have had on the community, and and to be sure, it's a lot. But I'm just wondering. What impact has the community had on the three of you? I mean, I'd be curious to hear. Again, turn the tables again. What impact has it had, if any, you know, from a, from just meeting the people and you know, hearing their stories and they're in the trenches and hearing hearing how they've grown and you've and you've seen so many people, the same people through the years, and how, watching them grow professionally. What impact has it had on you? Hmm. Interesting question. I try. <laughs> I think. I mean, one of the things that that I I have that I have literally started telling audiences in recent years, or particularly, um, you know, people who email me, for example, or where it's a follow up, where it's an email follow up to something that happened at the conference, um, is 
I, I, the amazing amount of teaching and writing material I get out of answering people's questions. Um, I, I enjoy questions, in, maybe in part, because I'm too lazy to go and work out what it is I want to know about next. So sometimes what I learn next is governed by what people are asking me about. Well, and, and similarly, I think you learn um, what things that, you know, you can teach differently. You know, did, I, I enjoy getting questions because it, it, it gives me an idea of what did they get of what I taught and, you know, did I miss something or is this a whole other area that I should have gone into or that I should think about going into that I haven't done before? You know, John, you were saying, and I'm the same way about the fact that I never deliver the same charts the same way, you know, two times in a row or two times ever. Um, but I also am, and I think what it, it constantly amazes a lot of people, especially conference organizers when they're bugging me for handouts, um, you know, it, it's like, what this is, these are sessions you've done forever what do you mean your handout isn't ready? You know, huh. and, and it's because I don't think I ever even deliver the same charts <laughs> because, right. you know, this question came up and, oh, I could find a better way to say that, you know, or, you know, somebody brought, asked this question and that was a great question. I'm going to make sure I include that in this thing. So, yeah, absolutely. The, the questions and the feedback from the, from the attendees is uh, very valuable. And, you know, a lot of times we always say, hey, you've got my email in the front of the handout, you know, please email me anytime. Not very many people do. And I suspect, because I think I would probably feel this way, perhaps, uh, I suspect a lot of times they think, well, they don't really mean it, you know, <laughs> they're just being nice, you know, saying, yeah, if you have questions, you can email me, but, you know, um, but it really is, uh, you know, I think we really enjoy getting the, the interaction, particularly now that we're not in person and that person wasn't able to ask those questions and we weren't able to have this discussion over lunch after the session and, you know, that kind of thing. Let's, let's lighten the mood a little bit because... Um, uh, so, so, sorry, Charlie, can I, can I just throw a little bit in on uh, that? Absolutely, Paul. You know, no, no, apart from all the, the you know, just the, the, the technical side of it, and the, the, it, it's a thing I think that all of us are inclined to forget at times. Um, is just how good this community is, the IBMI community. That's true. And it is full of fairly phenomenal people. And I, I think the thing that summed it up was that, um, I think, Charlie, you, you, everybody, my, my wife, Phil, um, the first time she came to a summit conference with me, which was sort of the first work thing that she ever really went to with me. I mean, she'd been at a couple of, you know, dinners and stuff where she'd meet people, you know, that I work with. But, and obviously she knew John and Susan and all of that, and my friends. But it was the first time seeing a large group uh, together, right? And I remember coming back and just asking her, sort of saying, well, what did you think, you know, the whole conference and everything? And all she said was, they're all such nice people. <laughs> and she was really blown away with that. You know, that, that like everybody, she said, you know, everybody at the conference was nice. There were, there were no, you know, grumpy people, narky people. And I said, well, hang on, I've got a list. We have a list of people who are on double secret probation, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know uh, so, so, so I, I think, I mean, I, I think for all of us, I mean, I, this is, and this is one of the joys about going to conferences is that you get to meet all of these people that you, a lot of the time that you've met before, 
and always these new people, and they are always nice people. Which, which is a perfect segue to the uh, one, a, a good Winnie the a quote from Winnie the Pooh, if you can believe, believe that. And, and the quote is, "How lucky we all are to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard, right? To be part of something like that." And it's it's really is so true. Back to your thing about everybody being nice. It, you just it, this, this quick memory came to my my mind. I was at a conference once, and John was presenting in the next room. And at the end of the conference, John comes out of the room. And he says, these people are just so nice. I said, I know they're wonderful. He said, no, you don't understand. I, I was presenting the wrong slide deck and it was only until 10 minutes the session ended that somebody even said something to me. <laughs> I remember that story. I don't know if you remember that, John, but I, that, yeah. was a, that was a great story. That was a very funny uh, thing. Well, so that's, I was, un that's, that's unusual, John. Somebody woke up before the end of one of your sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow. Okay. So <laughs> I was going to say that let's lighten the mood, but I don't think we were already there. I wanted to ask you uh, just a couple of funny thoughts. I know you um, throughout all the many years you've been presenting, surely a couple of funny things must have happened at some of the conferences you've been, you've been attending. I just want, if you want to share one or two quick, funny um, stories, or anecdotes, or things that have happened at different conferences you've attended. If you have any story, you, 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 I, I, the one that comes to my mind is always about the, about the cows, but I know you might yeah. have some other stories. Yeah. But the, the one I think that, that uh, was the, the Fort Worth, and uh, it wasn't one of our favorite destinations, but it was okay. But we had, from the minute we walked in, we had nothing but trouble. Um, we, as you know, when we run the summit, we have an office where we keep all of our equipment locked up. And we could never get into the darn thing without finding the security guard wherever he was in the building because they'd had no less than three different sets of keys cut. And this went on and on and on. And we were wondering, you know, well, what the heck's going on? And they finally did bring a locksmith and that was resolved. But we couldn't understand why things like that kept happening. And then I think it was the second, the, the late in the day, the second last day we were there, and uh, the sales manager came around and said, oh, by the way, tomorrow, uh, just wanted to give you a heads up. There's going to be a lot of people um, walking around with clipboards and, and making notes. Don't worry about it. It won't affect your event. But, but, but they do it. Okay. So he said, well, okay, why? And so oh, well, the, the, the hotel declared bankruptcy last night, and they're the auditors. <laughs> <laughs> coming to take inventory of all the equipment. And from that point on, it became immediately apparent, you know, why they hadn't been hiring locksmiths and things like this, you know, because probably there wasn't a local tradesman that would deal with them because everyone knew they were going under. But uh, th that wasn't the only weird story from that particular one. But the the other story is, is not for, we're not going to put the other story <laughs> out in the public. That's for telling you privately over a few beers, Charlie. Perfect. Perfect. I, I think the one you were referring to, Charlie, just to clarify. With the cows, something. yeah. With the, cows. With the cattle. So in, in Texas, and, and this happened, I think, what, three of our conferences? There we had this before. So the, where we would arrive in the weekend before our conference would start, the previous conference that was in those rooms is a Longhorn cattle auction. And it's in the actual ballroom where we have our dinners. That's where they auction the cattle. So these cattle are bought into this ballroom. 
and all these people in rhinestones and 10 gallon hats and very fancy boots and uh, it's quite sorry it's real fun walking around that hotel while, while this is on it's um so uh but but as you can imagine the smell that is in that room before and, and remember the first time it happened we were going there is no way that smell is going to be gone before the conference starts um, but they did. They always managed to, to, to get it done. Uh, uh, closest came once, though, when the wind changed and where they would have the doors open, the wind was actually just blowing the smell back into the room. Um, so that, that took them a bit of drink. And we had the one where one of the cattle escaped outside. Yeah. And they had the joys of looking out a window as this longhorn went dashing up through the car park. And about 30 seconds later, followed by a cowboy on a horse with a lasso twirling it over his head, chasing it. So, I mean, it was the real live rodeo. You don't know that you don't know oh, the true right. ending to that story, Paul. There's, a, there's another ending that you're not even aware of. That that one particular cattle did manage to hide in the conference rooms and is now a certified RPG SQL developer. And I, I've, I've received a resume recently and we're in discussions right now. So that's, that's terrific. But, you know, Paul, Paul you missed the, the best uh, line of that whole story, right, which is that. At opening session, Paul said that this was the first time that they've ever had to clear the BS out of the room before we got here. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really great. Was that also the hotel with the vultures? Or yes. Was that the yes, the vultures yes, on, that, the, on the yeah. so, so That was the one where Terry and Amy, who are, you know, Amy was our marketing person in that, and they went to their room and they noticed they had a balcony, but the balcony was covered in a lot of bird poop. And they were sort of, oh, that, that's weird, until one day Terry came back up, happened to glance out the window to look at two vultures sitting on the balcony, staring in at him. Two full-grown vultures. <laughs> so, so. You know, you're making me think that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, palling around with the wrong group of people because, no, and I mean that because the worst that's happened to me was maybe a bulb on a projector went out. I mean, I don't have good paddle <laughs> stories and, and <laughs> stories, so I, I think I'm missing out on something here. Yeah, you're just not trying hard enough, John. Uh, that's, that's probably true enough. So we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. Just I, I, any, any last personal messages? I know you'll be back, but any last personal messages you want to share with, with the, you know, the IBM community at large? Just, to, just to, some final thoughts, and then we'll wrap this up. Any final thoughts or any words or personal messages? Well, well one thing, of course, we'll just uh, remind people that we do have one more RPG and DB2 Summit coming. Right, so that we're, we plan to have as much as we can virtually. We plan to make it sort of a celebration of, uh, of, of what the summits have been, been like and to thank everybody, the, uh, the speakers, the uh, exhibitor people who have been with us and all of the, uh, of course, all of the attendees who made it all, all possible. So we're gonna really enjoy uh, our October virtual summit. But the other thing more, more importantly is um, just to thank the IBMI community for and encourage everybody to continue with education in whatever form you can. And I'm a particular believer, a big believer in local user groups. I think local user groups are, I think it's such a shame that, that a few of them have sort of faded by the wayside here recently in recent years uh, or died completely. I'd really love to see, maybe they will be the first ones that come back at, with the in-person kind of stuff, you know, because you don't have to travel anywhere. You don't need a big budget to, 
to get together. I think it's really important that, that that happens. And I'm really hoping that that can happen. And if there's anything I can do personally to help local user groups to do that, please let me know. And it needs to happen. Technology marches on, right? So people yeah. need to, uh, you know, keep upping their game for sure. You know, one, one of my favorite quotes, I think is a, a very uh, apropos right now is, you know, let's not cry because it's over. Let's smile because it'll happen, right? And I think that's a, a very <laughs> fitting, that's uh, Dr. Seuss, I think, by the way. But anyway, so um, let's wrap this up by me. I want to just give my personal message to, to the three of you. And I just want to say that, the three of you have uh, truly laid the path down for me and so many of the speakers that I know and in, that we, we and I speak to and, and uh, your names always are at the, the, of, off their lips first. So you should know that as well. So I'm thanking you on behalf of all the speakers that I know and all the other people who you've touched. It, it's been a, a real privilege. And, and I just, I'm, I feel very, as I said in the beginning, very privileged to to, uh, to both know you, all three of you, and not just as uh, as teacher and mentor, but as friends. So thank you for your friendship as well. It really, it really means it really does mean the world to me. So thank you very much. Same for you, Charlie. Thank you, So glad that the summit gave us the opportunity to get together and to get to know you better over the last few years. Sure. Even though I've known you for twenty five plus years. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's kind of weird. There's, there's, there's no and no, isn't there? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and, and now we know we like him. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the rumors. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I think we'll leave it there. I think that's a good, <laughs> that's a good point to leave it at. So anyway, thank you very much to three of you. It's been a real treat. Thank you everybody for joining me this month on this podcast. Um, I'll be back next month with another podcast. And uh, until then, make sure you visit tech channel. There's lots of other great content on there. And what else can I say? Thank you guys. And we um, will keep in touch. Thanks. Thanks so much. Charlie. All right. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay. Bye now. Bye now. Bye.